570. In L.A. sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Pete. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan and Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. We're in for Colin today because it's our crackdown here at Charger Camp. We had General Manager Tom Telesco on the show during the first hour. If you weren't with us, feel free to podcast the show. Download the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to all of the interviews, the entire show on a daily basis. And if you're walking around with the app, you can stream us and listen to the show live. Uh, later this hour, we expect Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa to join us. And I think that'll be great. Keenan Allen's very smart. He, he's too smart. Too you'll, smart? You'll have to conduct what him. What does that he mean? He went to USC. He went to Cal. These, too these, smart for you? Well, I think you're two highly educated individuals. <laughs> I went to Phoenix Junior College. So I don't know if I can, you know, hold my own in a, a battle of there the was a, with you two. There was a little touch of sarcasm in there, Fred. I don't know what, what you mean by that. I th- You know, I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, you, you're yeah. highly educated. You went to USC. He says, oh, yeah, big smarty pants over here, uh-huh. USC and Cal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I think I'm going to bring that like, up. All right. We'll, we'll talk to Keenan and see if we can dumb it down for you, Fred. All right, no, I, you know what? Thanks, Rodney, because I'm going to ask him to do that. Uh, that's how I'm going to start when Keenan gets here. Uh, okay. So we talked about the Dodgers and the trade deadline. I can tell you that there is someone monitoring the Washington game right now to see if Max Scherzer leaves the field. <laughs> we, have, we have a scout watching the game to see if Max Scherzer is pulled off the field. Oh, okay. So okay. if he is, we know is. the trade has been completed. He's not pitching today, is he? No, but they'll they'll say he's gone. He's gone. Where'd he go? He's out. <laughs> yeah. What was the, the the one kid that found out he was traded? He was playing second base, and he you know found out during the game. Oh, what? He started. He got emotional about it. Wait, it, was, was it that? Wilmer Flores? Was that? It Flores? might have been. Yeah, it and I th- and I the guy that plays for the Giants. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. And I think he was playing. For the Mets. For the Mets or Philly. One of those. Two. Yeah. And he the starts, Mets. Yes. The Mets. Right. He starts crying. Right. But then he realizes he wasn't traded. Right. So he stopped yeah. crying. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Scherzer is pitching right now. Okay. Oh, he is? Yes. Oh. Well, oh. he comes off the mound in the second inning. That'd be the best. It's a bottom of the fourth. He's allowed one run. Oh, see? A couple of hits. He'll get through the game, Fred. Yep. Three innings in so far. Three full innings for him. How many pitches has he thrown? Uh, I'll, get, I'll get that in one second for you. Okay. I want to, you know, because I don't that's want ever him. so important at this moment. In time. You, know, you, know what? you think they're going to come get him oh, from that, the game? If the, if the deal's made, <laughs> deal ain't going to get made. He'll walk that. right off the mound. Deal ain't going to get made. And you know what? I don't want him throwing any more pitches. We need him for next week. <laughs> he's throwing God. 50 pitches so far, so he's, he's probably he's more in. than half done yeah, anyway. He's in it now. No, that's enough. That's, <laughs> that's a nice warm up for him. We need him to pitch next Tuesday. He needs to get here I'm now. sure there was agreement that anything that happens is not going to affect him pitching today. Why? Washington's out of it. <laughs> I know, but he's got the start, so they, they're not going to pull him in the second inning. Hey, you've been traded. All right, they well, would wait to get that news after he's pitched. All right, we'll find out. We have somebody monitoring the game. Uh, so if it happens, we'll have it first. Really? Is, I, it, is, it, is, is, it, is it like the spoiler alert, Fred, that, you know, got somebody, anybody can monitor that game. We can monitor that game right now. <laughs> but I have an expert on it watching the game. Also, so we talked about Dodger Who's trade possibilities. I'm not saying who. It's someone we both know. Okay. It's monitoring the game. Okay. All right. Mario! No, it's not him. <laughs> no. 
I assure you it's not Mario. Uh, so we talked about Dodger trade possibilities. And, uh, of course, the Lakers may make a deal before tonight's NBA draft. I mentioned this to Kevin during the break. Uh, you know, when it comes to trades, and you can get confused, perhaps the best trade anybody in town could make would be the Lakers sending KCP to Washington so the Dodgers can get Max Scherzer. I would just trade across sports at this point. The Lakers can move KCP. He can go. KCP, Cody Bellinger, and Ruiz. And we get Scherzer and Westbrook. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> well, to find out what the Lakers might be considering tonight, let's bring in our buddy from The Athletic, Jovan Buha. And Jovan, thanks for jumping on today. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay, let's get to it now. Draft night tonight. Lakers still trying to figure out what to do. It's early in the day. If you were a betting man, what would you bet will happen? Will they move that pick before the draft? In other words, select someone for another team, or are they going to pick a player for themselves? I think they're they're leaning towards uh, keeping the pick and picking someone for themselves. Um, I do think that if they end up moving the pick, they will look to acquire another pick. Uh, I just wrote for The Athletic uh, yesterday, uh, just kind of looking back at their draft success. And um, our draft expert, Sam Vicenni, said that he thinks over the past seven years, the Lakers have done the best job in the draft of any team in the league. And I think if you really go through year by year, at not only the guys they've drafted, but the guys they've traded for on draft night, uh, the, the undrafted you know, rookie free agents that they've signed, uh, the, the Lakers have really hit it out of the park in the draft, uh, more so than, than I, th- I think any other kind of facet of team building. So I think they're confident in their ability to identify uh, role players, especially late in the draft. I mean, you go back, you know, Larry Nance Jr., Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, Avita Zubats, uh, now Taylor Horton Tucker. Like They're really good at identifying guys later in the draft. Um, so I think if they end up moving this pick uh, in, in some type of deal, I think they'll find a way to get back into the draft, maybe in the second round, and uh, and try to find someone that way. Yeah, I, I I agree with that at the time. But when you look up and you see uh, Lonzo Ball not here, uh, you see yeah. Brandon Ingram not here, you you see Kyle Kuzma's name, which which everybody believed uh, that was the steal of the draft that year. Um, his name is associated with with trading. Um, how important not only is this draft, but this whole offseason for Rob Palinka? It's incredibly important, right? Because, um, you know, I, I think last year it was incredibly disappointing for the Lakers uh, with, with how it played out with LeBron's injury, AD's injury, then, uh, of course, the untimely injury in, in the playoffs for AD. Uh, and, I mean, the truth is, we just don't know how long this window is, right? Like, uh, I think we. we like to think it's another two or three years maybe, but it could only be one more season with this group, uh, just depending on, on health and, and aging. You know, Le- LeBron's going to be 37, and you only get so many cracks at it. So I think for the Lakers, everything has to be about winning for next season. You know, they, they are in win-now mode. Um, so that that is why I could certainly see them moving that pick if, if they could get somebody like a Buddy Heald from Sacramento or a, another upgrade, because really the only their only means of upgrade right now is attaching that pick to either Kyle Kuzma or KCP, and, and using that pick to get them a, a better 
wing role player. That's kind of, um, you know, unless they somehow pull off a signing trade for, for a better point guard or something, like that's their means of improving the roster right now. So I think they're going to explore that. It seems like the, the talks with the Kings have gotten pretty serious and it's just kind of at, at not at the finish line yet, but, but getting there. Um, but, you know, even that, I don't think that's necessarily enough for, for them. You know, they're, they're going to have to figure out a way to improve the bench and, and continue to make moves. So I, I think this offseason is really going to show, um, you know, was a couple years ago a fluke for, for Rob Polinka or was it not? And um, I personally, I think he's going to figure something out. I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt for building a championship roster. But, uh, you know, we'll obviously see next season. Yeah, and I would agree with you. Here's why. So they go out and they make their pick. You know what? That, that's wonderful for the for the athlete they select. And maybe down the road that's good for the Lakers. But really, whoever that is, is not the missing piece of the puzzle. It is yeah. not, is not going to put them over the hump. So I think they find themselves, Johan, in a pretty difficult spot here. I know everybody's getting excited to draft. And they have done a terrific job of drafting. They have done a, a magnificent job of finding talent. Throw that out for now, because that doesn't matter at this point. The only thing that matters now is, can you get the help LeBron needs? Can you get the help AD needs? If they don't do that one way or another here, it, it, it really doesn't matter, because I don't think they, they win it next year. Yeah, and I, I do think Buddy Heald is a great fit around them. I, I know uh, when I was on this show you know, last week, I was talking about, I think they need shooting, right? And that's kind of yeah. the one thing, you, you know, every every successful LeBron team, you know, the, the formula has kind of been surround LeBron with shooting. You know, LeBron is one of the greatest penetrators of all time. You give him floor spacing and shooting, he's going to make good things happen offensively. Um, you know, that worked in, in Miami, that worked in Cleveland, and, and that even worked to an extent in, in the first, you know, the Lakers championship year. They just got some career shooting from... KCP, you know, Rondo, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, like those guys all had career years. That didn't translate into last season that the shooting kind of fell off. And and now I think they're looking for that shooter. And Buddy Heald is one of the, you know, handful of, of, you know, elite shooters in the NBA right now. Um, And I think would really complement LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now, I, I don't think he's capable of being like the third guy on a championship uh, on a championship team necessarily. So, I, again, I think you're still kind of looking for another upgrade there. But I, I think at least that to me is encouraging that they're they're looking in, you know, for that because I, I was a little confused with some of the, the roster decisions they made last year in kind of going away from shooting with guys like Dennis Schroeder, you know, Montrezl Harrell. Like, um, you know, they, they really were kind of focusing more on on, on scoring. Rather than shooting, which there's a you know slight difference there, so I think uh, again you know we'll, we'll see what they do. They, they are the Lakers. They, they somehow um, you know they, they get discounts from role players. They, they, they somehow figure it out. Um, and, and honestly, I, I think they they were closer you know this past season than, than some people want to remember. Like they were up two one on the Suns right before Anthony Davis goes down. I personally think if Anthony Davis doesn't go down, they win that series. Then they're playing Denver, who, who Phoenix swept. They they probably sweep Denver. And then they're playing a Clippers team without Kawhi, and you, know, you probably would favor them in that series as well. So I do think it, it was a just an AD injury thing away from potentially being back in the finals. So um, I think, it, but it is interesting to see what they do over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and you talk about shooting versus scoring, and as you mentioned, you know guys like Schroeder, more scores, not necessarily uh, you know three point dead eye shooting guys. Um, 
when you mention a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who is a scorer and can get a bucket at any time, um, does that not fit the Lakers scheme? Or is it, is it that they're looking for someone that is strictly a three-point shooter? No, I, I think I think that they're looking for for you know whoever can help, and, and I think the I mean I think Demar is at that level where he's not the best shooter, you know he, he's not even really an average shooter, but he's such a good scorer um, that you know I mean we and we even saw it a little bit in, in the finals where you had Chris Paul and Devin Booker who aren't great three point shooters uh, attacking Milwaukee in the mid range, and then you had Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Uh, uh, attacking, you know, Phoenix in the mid range. So, like, the, the the mid range isn't dead. You know, that's kind of been a thing that's been out there with the analytics. They want to get rid of the mid range, but I think, you know, it, it's all about just can you do that at a high level? And I think Demar Derozan being the third option, you know, I would have more confidence in that than like Dennis Schroeder being the third option, right? So, I think that would actually be a perfect role for Demar. You know, I, I think if anything, he's kind of been forced to do too much in the past where he's been like the first or second option where I think him being the third option, that's what he's qualified to do. And if the Lakers could somehow pull that off, I, I would like that move. I, I think that, you know, that, that would make some sense. Um, but I think they, they are looking for, for, you know, versatile, um, multi-skilled offensive players. I just think, you know, w- whatever players they're trying to add for the most part, they, they kind of need some shooting because they, they, they were one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league last year. And as we've kind of seen through uh, NBA history, um, you know, over the last uh, 11 years, 10 of the 11 uh, champions have been top five in either three-point makes or three-point percentage. The one team that wasn't was the 2020 Lakers, who kind of bucked the trend of being like an average three-point shooting team. But shooting is really important, and they definitely did not have enough of it, and I think they need to find it. All right, so before the draft tonight, you'll be reporting that the Lakers have a deal in place for Buddy Heald, correct? (laughs) (laughs) I would not be surprised if that was the case. (laughs) Okay. All right. Yovan, thanks for jumping on, man. We love having you on the show. Thank you guys so much. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570 LA Sports. Things are happening quick. We've talked Dodgers. We've talked Lakers. And the Chargers have just wrapped up practice down here at Costa Mesa. So we'll continue on. And we expect to be joined by, well, Joey Bosa, Keenan Allen, and perhaps another surprise visitor. We'll find out. Bringing you L.A.'s best sports talk weekdays, noon to 3. Rogan and Rodney. I do I have to put my hand Yeah, sometimes we got to keep Fred under lock and key. Listen, I've got right. news. I've got news. Yeah, you got news. I've got but news. You got news. Uh, and we have Kenneth Murray, the Chargers, hanging out. We're going to get to him in a second, but I've got to bring this up. We've got news about Max Scherzer pitching for Washington. Okay. Now, I told you I do have a scout watching the game. You have a scout. Inside inside person watching the game. Yeah. Okay. And, and Scherzer gave up a home run to JT Riamuto of the Phillies. Oh. But. On purpose? Here's why. According to my scout, <laughs> Scherzer saving his velocity for the Dodgers oh, oh. does not want to blow out his arm. That was the scout's assessment. The scout's assessment is that Scherzer is saving his arm. He'll he'll get through this in Washington today, but then you know when the Dodgers make the trade for him, all right, he wants to be a hundred percent. All right, okay, deal, <laughs> deal. I'm I'm buying that. All right, you got it. What else you got to sell me? Uh, <laughs> 
All right, we are in Costa Mesa at the Charger camp, and it's uh, great to be joined by Kenneth Murray. Uh, First-round pick last year, second year with the club, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Thanks for coming over. We appreciate it. Uh, no, I appreciate y'all. How's it been, man? Now this is, this is your second year. You know, first year, rookie, going through it. Uh, probably was, and, and it was interesting because we had to deal with the COVID and all that last year and not a whole lot of time, no fans in the stands. But you got your feet wet as a rookie. What did you learn most about playing last year in the NFL in your first year? I mean, that the season is a grind, to be honest. Um, it's a long season. Um, you got to be able to take, you know, the highs and the lows and be able to, you know, stay level-headed um, and just continue to grind it out. I feel like that's what I did last year. And, um, you know, I was able to show improvement, you know, all 16 games, and um, now I'm here. Did and, you find – sorry, Fred. Go ahead, Rodney. Did you find uh, – you said it was a grind, and that was, like, when I played, that was the thing, is, is the 16 games, 16 weeks, 17 weeks, and 16 games was a grind. Um, in terms of the recovery every single week, was that the, the, a tough part as well after each each game that you played? Uh, not so, so much the recovery is the physical aspect. I think that's, you know, pretty easy for me, you know, given right now. And I'm, I'm pretty detailed about that. And, you know, also I'm young. So, you know, I kind of got that working for me. What a gift. Me. What a gift to be <laughs> I got that working for me. But, but like I said, yeah, I'm detailed when it comes to that. But. Um, you know, you know, kind of side that people don't look at is just the mental side and, you know, you know, week to week game planning and being able to adjust the scheme and being able to, you know, take the things that you're doing. You know, like last year, we didn't have OTAs like we do this right. year. And so being able to, you know, do that all throughout the season and, and, and show growth throughout the season. I feel like that's what I did last year and, um, and adapting and try to play my best. Kenneth Murray's with us. We're down at Charger Camp in Costa Mesa. Uh, and, and speaking about that. How different is your mindset now as you go into the second year, given everything you went through as a rookie? Uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't say completely different, but it's definitely, you know, went through uh, a lot of growth, you know, from year one to year two. Um, you know, like I said, you know, you see things differently. You see how you could have been better. You see uh, things that you did do, do good, and, you know, you just pull from there, and then you just try to put it all together. So I think, you know, going into this season, I'm really just focused on just trying to become the best version of me and becoming – you know, focus on being the best. Um, I think that's really, the, you know, the thing that I'm trying to focus on um, and try to be the best linebacker for this team so we can have the best defense in the NFL. So, you know, you know, whatever this team needs me to do, whatever this defense needs me to do, I feel like that's 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 my role and that's what I want to be for this team. I hear you, and I see you sporting the nine, man. So that that's that's permanent, huh? Uh, yes, sir, 100. <laughs> percent Oh, I love it. You know, that nine was my number when I played, Kevin. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. Yeah, nine. No, so that, nine, was, that was nine, way before my time, Yeah, right? yeah I know. Brother. Before you were born, I that played. That was the leather but, helmet days. But yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm loving it now, man. Now you're representing the nines, yeah, man. So I love right. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't like that, Fred? No, I do. What like. number did you wear, Fred, when you played? 21. <laughs> Not badminton, Fred. I'm talking about in the NFL. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, oh. I thought you were going with what I did. Oh, oh okay. You know, Kenneth, <laughs> in badminton, you chased the shuttlecock, and I was very good at that. <laughs> I just thought I'd point that out to you here. Uh, all right, different coaching staff this year. So what changes have you seen? What, what, what's being done differently? Well, I think just schematically it's just it's completely different. Um, you know, this year, you know, they're, they're allowing me to do a lot more blitz and a lot more playing aggressive. I think that's kind of the most thing that I'm most excited about. Um, it's just being able to, you know, play downhill, being able to be aggressive um, and just keep things, you know, kind of simple. Um, and just go out there and play football. I think that's really what the coaches are doing right now is just trying to, you know, make things easy for us to be able to go out there and play fast and go out there and play aggressive. 
Yeah. Um, how, how big is it going to be for you now that that because you didn't get a chance to experience it last year, but having fans in the stands now, especially at that beautiful stadium, so far. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be a different experience, especially compared to last year, because, you know, not having anybody in the stadium was kind of weird. Um, you know, first time I, pretty much everybody's career that we, we've had a stadium where it was empty. So, um, you know, having the fans back could definitely be good, and you definitely feel the energy in the building and being able to go out there and feed off of them. So um, I think it'll be good for us. You know, in college, your goal, and in high school, in high school your goal is to get to college and play. And in college your goal is to get to the NFL and play. Now you're a professional. Now you get paid. This is your job. Wait, wait, wait. Didn't you get paid at Oklahoma? Oh, oh, no. oh, oh. No, no. Hold on, hold on. Am I missing? No. Am I missing something? No. Am I, am I missing? <laughs> hold on. Come on, Kenneth. Kenneth, you got to admit that was good. That was good. That was good. You got to get in there. But some would say he took a pay cut to come here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but when you get here and you've gone through all of it, now it really is about winning. You know, this is it. This is your job. You put in all the work to get to this point. How important it is is it for you to win? I mean, it's everything. I mean, ultimately, you know, you know the way I look at it, I like to look at winning is, you know, just a lifestyle. You know, I try to win every day. Um, and I think that's where it starts, you know, as, as an individual and then as a team. It's just going out here and trying to win every day, stack days on top of days. And then next thing you know, you know, we're, we're winning games and then we're winning championships. So, um, you know, winning is everything. Um, I, that's something that I firmly believe. All right. Uh, one more before we let you go, man. I, and I know you're winning. You're used to winning in college at Oklahoma. Uh, the word that now Oklahoma, Texas, moving to the SEC. What's your thoughts on that? I think Oklahoma ready for it. I don't, I don't know about Texas. Spoken <laughs> <laughs> like a true sooner. I like it. <laughs> oh, man, this is great. Kenneth, thank you for hanging yeah. out. Yes, sir, no problem. Appreciate it, man. All right, have a good year. Kenneth Murray, linebacker from Oklahoma, second year with the Chargers. <laughs> you took a pay cut to come here? Yeah, well, you know. Well, you know. Uh, you know Just what? rumors, Fred, rumors. Now you know what? You know why you said that? You heard that plenty when you played. <laughs> That's true. I did. I did. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm making 50% less now playing in a league than I made at USC. Yeah. How am I going to subsidize his income? Oh, God. Okay. Uh, so we are going to have Joey Bosa stop by, and we are going to have Keenan Allen stop by. So uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue from Charger Camp. Rogan and Rodney. AM 570. L.A. Sports. L.A. Sports. You know, he had a nice personality. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we'll see if you're going to dumb it down when Keenan Allen comes Yeah, I'll here. dumb it down. You know, Cal, USC. What is it? Phoenix College. Phoenix Union College. Phoenix. Sanctuary, A&T. Phoenix College, home of the Fighting Bears. <laughs> the Fighting Bears. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> LA's best sports talk weekdays noon to three. Hogan and Rodney, the home of the Dodgers. With an inside look at the Dodgers, this is the Vasse Report with David Vasse, brought to you by Navian Tankless Water Heaters. Okay, and even though we're in Costa Mesa, we are keeping close eye on the Dodgers. We welcome on David Vasse. Dave, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. And uh, you might be shocked to hear me say this, but I believe. The Chargers are going to be the most entertaining team at SoFi Stadium this year. Wow. 
That's Ooh. right. That offense. You heard it here from Dave. And that defense, I feel like uh, it's going to be an easier way to get into SoFi, and I think by the end of the year, there'll be more people entertained by the San Diego Superchargers. Did you say San Diego? Oh, sorry. Los Angeles okay. Superchargers. Right. Okay. Sorry. No, don't, don't Freudian slip. Dave. Old, yes. ha old habits yes. die hard. I still do it, Dave. Don't worry. Uh, all right, Dave. As we approach the trade deadline, let's get to it. Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Washington trying to move both of them, right? Uh, they are, but they're asking a big price for Turner. And I just talked to a couple of people this morning that told me that the price is still very high for Max Scherzer. And the Dodgers, the Padres, and Giants are finding that out. And that's why he hasn't been traded yet. And, you know, talking to a source that is very familiar with the Nationals thinking a couple of days ago, at that point in time, they were insistent on Kbert Ruiz to be part of a trade with the Nationals, and that wouldn't be the only piece they would want in return for Scherzer. So if that's the asking price, I feel like the Dodgers will turn their attention elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, that, it, it, it'll be interesting, Dave. How much does it play into it, not only just with the Dodgers, maybe with the Padres and the Giants, that, that these teams are trying so hard that they don't want Scherzer to go to any one of their close opponents well i think that's what the nationals are playing right now they understand that all three of these teams in the same division that have aspirations to not only win the division but win the world series are all after pitching and starting pitching and after their guy max scherzer so if you're the nationals and mike rizzo why not get a bidding war going between these three teams to see what you can get out of these three and that's the smart play by him but he should be careful not to overplay his hand because maybe all three of these teams feel the asking price is too high for them to uh, give up for a rental, even if it is Max Scherzer. And if uh, we believe what we hear, uh, as far as asking price, wherever Scherzer goes, he'd like to work out a deal to stay. So what does that cost now if the Dodgers were to trade for him? What does it cost and how many years? Yeah, that's a great question. He's 37 years old. I'm sure Scott Boris is going to try to milk as many years and dollars out of these teams. I would say the, the start is two or three years, and I'm sure it's somewhere close to $25 million apiece. So I'm not sure if any of these three teams want to do that. But Max Scherzer actually holds the ace card in his back park pocket. Because of his 10 years and five with the Nationals, he has what they call 10-5 rights, where he can veto any trade to any team. So if he really wanted to pitch for the Dodgers, he could tell the Nationals, I'm not going anywhere else but the Dodgers. But it seems like he wants to come out to the West Coast, and that would eliminate the Red Sox and Astros. Man, I want that 10-5, Fred. Tell you what. Can I get that 10-5 deal, Dave? I would love that 10-5 deal, Rodney, for myself. <laughs> Dave, Walker Bueller on fire as he's been all season long. Uh, just uh, when you need to stop the bleeding, just trot him out there. Dave, I suggested this. Let's Can, can we get the get pitchers going back to complete games? Oh, that would be nice, Rodney. And it feels like certain teams with certain pitchers trust them to go deeper into games. And it feels like it took some time for the Dodgers to take the training wheels off both Bueller and Urias, but the training wheels certainly have come off for both those guys this season. And it's really nice to see them being allowed to go deep into games. And Bueller 
has made the adjustment himself. He's kind of matured before our eyes this year, understanding the situation with the rotation, understanding the situation with the bullpen, and being more economic with his pitches and not trying to strike out every single hitter. He had eight strikeouts last night in seven innings, but it's becoming more of a process within the game of pitching that he's getting these strikeouts instead of going deeper into counts with each and every hitter. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I mean, I just, I, I'd love to see that happening, given, given the way they're pitched. Dave, he could be, he could have, if, if the Dodgers' bats were on par this year like we thought they were going to be, he could be up there in 15, 17 wins already. Right, he's at 11 now, Rodney, and I really believe at this point in time as we stand here on July 29th, his name, along with Brandon Woodruffs of the Brewers, are the two leading candidates for the National League Cy Young Award, and Julio would be in my top five as well. He's gotten the benefit of seven runs per game run support, something Bueller has not gotten, and actually Julio's gotten more run support on days that he has started than any other pitcher in baseball. So I would say Bueller and Woodruff would be my two leading candidates at this point in time for a National League Cy Young Award. Uh, well, the bats came alive last night, which was good to see, Dave. Uh, and Cody Bellinger hit that home run. Now, he had not looked good in his first couple at-bats. Then he started to hit the ball, and he finally hit it out of the park. Does that say anything other than he hit a home run? You know what it does say, Fred, is that he went down to get it and he had to go and bend his knees and actually go down to get the ball, and we haven't seen that. We haven't seen him do that consistently all season long. So I wouldn't put too much stock in the home run. It was garbage time, as the great Chick Hearn would say, but let's see what he does today. He's back out there hitting cleanup, starting in center field. Let's see if he can build upon last night. And uh, Dave, what's the latest on the uh, injury report? Oh, well, good news, Rodney. I'm glad you asked. Corey <laughs> Seager is going to be coming back this weekend. Yes. Mookie Betts is going to be activated on Sunday. And Clayton Kershaw is going to be pitching to hitters at Camelback Ranch this Sunday. And Dave Roberts said yesterday that they are looking for Kershaw to make the start a week from Saturday at Dodger Stadium against the Angels, August 7th, if I'm not mistaken, Saturday night. All right. Dave, thanks All for right, coming Fred. on. Thanks okay. for the info. Somebody bigger name in front of you now, Fred. You're just going to brush me off. Actually, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's you, exactly. What do you what got? Happened. Eckler. You got Eckler. Uh, we got uh, Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. Oh yeah. Bigger name. See you guys. <laughs> All right. There you go, Dave. David Vasse talking about the Dodgers. Joey Bosa joins us. So, yes. Anyway, we have our Dodger guy, David Vasse, on right now, okay. and and I basically just kiss him off, and he says, "Why? Well, you got a bigger name here?" I say, "Yeah, we got a bigger name." Sorry, we got no, one of the big no names. Dodgers here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> <No baseball. laughs> Joey, hold up the mic. Yeah. They're cool. Well, thanks for coming over. Of course. Appreciate it. Yeah. How's camp so far two days in? It was good. Today was a grind. <laughs> Coach Jay was uh, not taking it easy on us in individual, but I love it. It's uh, Coach Staley's taking care of us. It's kind of weird having only two periods of team and calling up practice. We're like, wait, is that it? But um he just he he said he wanted us to feel like we can keep going after, and he's slowly ramping up the the intensity every day. And I, I really appreciate um, how great he is at communication and letting us know why he's doing things, not just what we're doing, um, which is something I feel we've lacked over the years. But it's uh, 
it's been great, definitely. Yeah, and, and how is that for, for you? You know, I, I know, you know, as, as a guy who used to play quarterback, it, you know, it didn't really matter to me whether we're banging or not in practice, but for you and interior guys, um, is it more about staying fresh, staying, staying healthy and not having the banging all the time, or do you need that to kind of get yourself kind of ready to go when the season starts? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I definitely feel like once you get the pads on early in camp, you got to get the banging in. You got to feel power. You got to work those certain th aspects of your game. But as you get closer to the season, I mean, he's he's been great communicating. Like I said, uh, that he's going to take care of us. Um, we have to peak at the right time. We have to be ready to go. And sometimes I overdo it during practice myself. Mm -hmm. Go over to the side and do a million reps trying to get ready. And then by the time Thursday comes, I'm like, geez, what the heck? So. It's it's definitely a different position for me this year where I'm going to be more on the edge and, and really not going to be banging quite as much in those six techniques and four techniques. So I think that is is also positive on my body, and I'm probably going to feel the difference as the year goes on. But um, it, it is important to to get pretty aggressive once we get the, the pads on, but there's a yeah. time and place for everything. Uh, once we get close to the season, obviously, we're going to have to be smart about it. No, absolutely. And, you know, you, you're a veteran in the league now, so you, you're used to playing 16 games in 17 weeks. Now you add the extra game. Is that going to be a big deal at all or no? Yeah. Yeah. Once you get to the end of the season, every game is uh, pretty intense, and you're dealing with a lot of injuries at that time. And But, I mean, you miss a preseason game which well, I haven't really played preseason <laughs> anyway but um but you know I, it gives us an op another opportunity to play and I, I think the strength staff and the people here are doing it doing a good job of preparing us each day and getting us ready so yeah I mean I can't say it's not uh an added stress definitely uh, once you get reached that halfway point or 10th game every single week is a is a serious grind and you're dealing with this and that and every bump and bruise so it's uh, it's hard to really manage because once you go once I get out there I mean I'm just playing like a maniac and not really caring <laughs> about my body at all and then you wake up on Monday and you're like oh my god just getting getting practice in at that time of the year is tough so I just really have to do a good job managing my body like I always try to do and I think the team is going to do the best they can to kind of help us because it's a it's been a huge emphasis over the years as you guys know we have like ridiculous injuries every single year that's kind of plagued our team so it's uh, definitely an emphasis. Joey Bosa's with us, Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete. We're down here at the Charger camp in Costa Mesa. Yeah, basically, you have to have someone protect you from you mm -hmm. at this point. You yeah. have to have someone that looks out for you. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, you're a guy that does play like a maniac. And you're a guy that gets dinged up and banged up every year. Mm -hmm. How frustrating has that been? Yeah, it's frustrating. Um, a, a lot of the things aren't things that I really can control. Um, I mean, a, a burst of knee... Uh, I mean, my tricep. I was I was upset about that last year, but some of the things like my foot and concussion. Obviously, I can't control my own teammates spearing me in the head, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> part of the game. And, uh, Friendly fire. You can never. Yeah, you can never warn against game, that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I just have to do the best I can because you wake up on Monday and sometimes you don't want to work out, and then Tuesday comes along and you're like, "Geez, I'm still so sore." And you just have to get up. You got to make sure you're staying on your routine, getting your lifts, getting my sprint work in during the week. 
because um, it's really important to prevent those soft tissues injuries and keep your strength. Um, I, I got away from some things last year, which is why I believe my tricep popped when I got in close. And just th that kind of was a wake-up call, like, hey, no matter how I'm feeling, i got to make sure that I'm keeping up with some things. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a grind, <laughs> and it is frustrating, especially when you get stepped on and your ankle is twisted or something, and it's just a silly little thing that it doesn't seem like bad, and but it's kind of nagging you into the week. But um, hopefully, I mean, I can't wear bubble wrap out there. I mean, I wish I could wear, like, <laughs> I might get my, some shin pads going this year, honestly. I don't know, but... Um, yeah, it's just part of the game. Yeah, and when you look at it, you, you mentioned it being frustrating with the with, with the team and how it's been plagued with some injuries over the last few years. Uh, is it frustrating when you guys look at your makeup and the team and you go, God, we, we are a pretty good team. If yeah. we're healthy, we can beat anybody in this league. Um, is that kind of been frustrating for you the last couple of years? And now going into this year, knowing just if we stay healthy, we can run with anybody. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um and it's, it sucks because we are making it close games even when we don't have a lot of our, our first string players. And I mean, my first year I was out for four games. The first game, Keenan, boom, Manti, boom, um, Woodhead. I think it was within the first two games and I was like, geez, this is what the NFL is like, oh my gosh. But, and missing Derwin, I mean, he's one of the, I'd, put him top 10 top 20 players in the entire NFL and uh, missing that guy for two years has been a huge blow um, last year I was just talking about mid game I was like gosh Drew Tranquil is a beast and then he goes down with the ankle and I just couldn't believe it it's just it's tough to watch but these guys they did all they can to get back and they look amazing right now but uh, yeah I just I pray and I hope that we can stay healthy obviously there's things out of everybody's control you can't prevent everything but i think the the strength staff is doing all they can right now to to help prevent those things you're a stud we appreciate you coming thank on. you guys thank <laughs> you it's good thanks to see joey you. get out of the sun all right there's joey balsa yeah he's walking away so i don't want him to hear what i'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> he Jesus, is a beast though he's, 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 big? he's one of those him. guys that that just has one motor, one speed, and just going to go, go, go. And that's you mentioned it, Fred. You Sometimes you got to protect these guys from themselves because they will just continue to grind, to go, to go, to go, to go. And unless you pull them back, uh, they're not going to stop. It's funny. When he was drafted, we had him right yeah. off the bat. I loved him then. Yeah. He is one of the favorite people we talked to, I think, because he's just so deadpan, but he's mm -hmm. so incredibly honest. I yeah, mean, straight up. Yeah, he just... Whatever is on his mind, he will tell you. And I'm glad we get a <clears throat> pardon me, a chance to get him on today. All right, we're going to continue here from Costa Mesa.